The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. much on interaction with the crowd and not having that crowd there was tough like really tough then learning what WWE expects because no matter how many years you have in this job or how much you think you know in this job it's all but I think working there is like a different business yeah it's a TV show right so we're so used to being wrestlers and forming that live crowd but now we, we get expected TV show um focus on this camera that camera this that and the other Shorten everything. Your time's limited. You can't you can't drawn out drawn out things, especially when there's no fans there. You can't stall. You can't take your time. You've got to just go straight straight to it. Yeah, straight to the action. So it was a learning experience. Um, so yeah, so getting to, getting to do that was was great. But like you said, it was bittersweet. I wish I had a, a crowd there and a pop and all the stuff we crave and are addicted to in wrestling. But what I think it did do, Shah, is I think that not having any fans there, working to the audience at home through the camera, you're already a, a, a larger than life character. And I think it gave you the opportunity for your character and your personality to shine even more, and especially your friendship, on-screen friendship with Noam Dar. I think the yeah. two of you really shone. And uh, not having any Thank fans you. there doing a lot of backstage segments, I think gave you a great opportunity to show your character. Brilliant. Thank you very much. I mean, like, thankfully, he's one of my best mates. so. We got to just have some banter with each other, and it played off well on screen. Yeah. Um, I will say this: what was uh, what was good about the Nine Dark thing? It also pushed me to get out of my comfort zone because really, I was yeah. Because you got to think about, it, I was just uh, I was just big hill, ah, Shah Samuel. Boom, boom. But when I was with him, I tried to play a different side. So I tried to play it like a bit of a, like a Laurel Hardy situation, for a lack of a better term. Like yeah. I was the the big goof trying to scheme things and he was the big star. Um, so I, I changed my gimmick up. I ended up, they ended up giving me like a bookie gimmick, right? Which is again, out of my comfort zone. Like here's a new gimmick. Um, something like your bookmaker. So no, I was, I was his corner man in them heritage cups. Then I started having a phone placing bets. And then next thing you know, I've got a new gimmick, a new persona. And it was, it was all new, but because I was in the WWE, um, and learning from them, I felt I could uh, get out of my comfort zone and try these things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we had a question, fun, that, so a question that came through, Shah, on that same subject from uh, uh, John Redondo, uh, watching this live yeah. via YouTube. Uh, Shah, do you yeah. remember the vignettes that you did in NXT UK in 2022 um, after Noam lost the Heritage Cup with Noam Dar uh, and Johnny Saints <laughs> with the, the bets? Uh, of the Heritage Cup, so so you went from uh, Shah Samuels, the, the East End uh, butcher, to butcher, the East End yeah. bookie, um, yeah. and uh, you lost all the bets. And and, and I, I remember money. you you lost the shirt off your back as well, my friend. But uh, yeah, well, it... hilarious, absolutely hilarious oh, skits. You. What what are your memories of that? Because uh, I remember seeing that... the skits of them all kind of lining up, ready to take your money, ready to hand in yeah. their slips, take the money off <laughs> you and the shirt off your back. Uh, a lot of fun. That was, uh, that, yeah, I can tell by the smile on my face, that question, yeah, I have such fond memories. Right? That was such a great time to do. That whole that whole story of uh, me placing all these bets and Noam losing the cup and me 
me essentially going homeless. I mean, it wasn't meant to be like that, but I played it off so well that I, I was like the, yeah, the, 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 the homeless wrestler. Yeah, the hobo, like hobo. And that was all done, like, again, and I think that's why they, um, they, they like, were so fond of um, our partnership because at a drop of a hat, we could change it. You need me to change, right? You want me to be a bookie? I'll be a bookie. I was the best bookie I could be. And I thought, like, not many people could make that adjustment to go from that a gimmick they're so used to playing to be like, right, now I'm a bookie. Then at a drop of the hat, be like, now you're, now you're poor. Now you'd be a hobo. Like, right, got it. I know what to do. I'm so familiar with my character and how it works. I know that sounds like such an artsy-fartsy thing to say. Oh, my character. But I know who Shah Samuels is. So you want Shah Samuels to be a bookie. You want him to be homeless. You want him to be a mechanic. You want him to be um, the landlord at the, King Vic, uh, the Queen Vic. I could do it because I know you what that... You can make it work. Yeah. You can make it work because I know who Shah Samuels is. So uh, that was a strength of mine. And I, I'm like, the vignettes are losing the money, but that nothing compares to me playing the hobo. Like, I only had two matches as the hobo. Um, one aired and one didn't. And that the entrance was the fun bit because I, I was, I don't know if you've ever seen The Simpsons, where it was that boxer, the boxing episode where Homer's a boxer. Yeah. And then uh, there's the, the, the guy, the hobo with the thing on his shoulder, all these possessions. Right. And he does box. He loses the boxing, picks up his possessions. I was like, I'm doing that. So I found this stick. I found this stick at BT Studio. I turned a Waitrose bag inside out. <laughs> I put loads of just crap in the bag. <laughs> it's not even a stick. It's a duster. Look at it. It's a duster. Brilliant. Found a duster. And I'm just walking. I made this entrance begging for money. And they said exactly like that on TV. Exactly like that on TV. So um, it's a shame it ended soon after that. So I think I could have been the pro wrestling hobo. It, it was comedy like gold. That, it really was. But when did you find out that, A, you were going to be part of that match and that, that Chris Jericho, who is legit one of your heroes, was going to be part of it? Um, I found out when I was there at the building, again, on day two. Um, I was not... Pretty much when I was about to enter... Yeah, he had a little bus backstage, obviously. To, the to Jericho bus. Top secret. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, we'll get into another one of his vehicles, I assume, soon. But, um, like... Yeah, that that's kind of when I when I knew. When night one happened, that match went so well. It's probably it might still be my favorite match I've had this year with Takeshita. Wow. I was like, this is amazing. This is just it just couldn't have gone better. And again, in terms of what it did for me, in terms of establishing me as someone in 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 the in not just in the US but PWG against such a huge star like him, I was like, I didn't know what I was doing tomorrow. I was like, tomorrow is a bonus. Because what matters is that day one happened and that's all. And that's going to be my big takeaway. It was a victory. So to arrive to the venue, I knew I was going to be in a 10-man tag. I didn't know who was in it. I thought, oh, okay, yeah, it might be the people, a lot of people who were in knocked out of the first round. Maybe there'll be someone. I, I was aware of the fact. I do remember that I was thinking in my head, um, Dynamite was in LA the following Wednesday. So right. I was like, mm-hmm. Maybe there will be someone, you know, that Daniel Garcia is AEW champion. Maybe they'll have someone else from AEW just to pop down um, to be a part of either the tag or just the show. And uh, just still didn't still didn't put in my head that it'll be the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think I finally asked someone. And I was like, oh, who is it? You know, it's Jericho. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I, mean, I laughed. <laughs> I mean, I, I listened to uh, the the podcast you did with, with Jericho, and uh, I think he said that that was 
God, one of the first indie shows he'd done for many, many years, and he kind of jumped at the chance. So, uh, uh, and I mean, let's talk a little bit about because, of course, it was obviously a surprise to the the audience, to the to the paying public, and obviously you. I'm guessing your team came out first, and then uh, was it Judas? Did Judas kind of lead lead them out, or uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, when each member of the Jericho Appreciation Society started coming out one by one, I'm guessing that the pops and the reaction got louder and louder and louder until I'm guessing the roof came off when Jericho came through the curtain. That's precisely what happened. I wish there was footage of it. And PWG are notorious for not like feel like getting the entrances out there. And yeah. So if there's footage of it, it's only through fan footage. But that's, that's precisely... So the way it was set up was there was going to be a six-man tag, I believe. Um, I don't remember what the three were, but we came out in teams of three. And I was on, like, Team Evil Uno. I think it was me, Evil Uno, and Kevin Blackwood, I believe. And it was going to be against Jonathan Gresham, SB Kento, and Daniel Garcia, the PWG wow. World Champion. They came out, I want to say, second. And Daniel Garcia was just like, no, 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 no. He already had like a sparkly jacket on. He was like, no, 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 no. I don't team with wrestlers. I only team with sports entertainers. And the crowd like, mm -hmm. then Judas starts playing. And it's, it's precisely like you said, one at a time, people keep coming out. And we're like, whoa. And, and the, 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 the reactions are already loud. And then <laughs> when Chris Jericho, I think there was definitely people that thought, wow, all of Jericho bridges Asian society, except for Chris Jericho are going to come out which is cool. And then he came out and it was just insanity, insanity, insanity. That the reaction, being in the ring while that's happening and surrounding that noise was in, incredible. Yeah, another really cool experience. And I was fortunate enough to, to be in uh, um, New Orleans, 2018, WrestleMania weekends. And uh, this incredible six-man ladder match to crown the first ever NXT North American champion. Now, I'm going to bring up some pictures uh, because it, it, I, I was so fortunate enough to be there. And uh, this was the opening match of that night. Uh, still to this day, one of my favourites, if not the best NXT TakeOver. And that's high praise considering every show was a banger and every oh, single Jesus. show kind of you know topped the next one. But that spot there, when you're driving, I'm not sure who threw the ladder. Ricochet's there as well. It's possibly Adam Cole, I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, but um, one of my... Uh, one of my all-time favorite matches, not just because I was there, but because it was batshit crazy and it just it was just it was just fantastic. Um, I don't think i like I say you talk about Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon having classic ladder matches. That's one v one. But when you got six guys in there absolutely killing it, um, and and you were part of it as well. Another great opportunity for yourself, another great absolutely. moment. Uh, but uh, take us back to that night because I remember it vividly. Um, but what about yourself? It was so like again, another, you know, I'm put into these. I think they just really like putting me in multi-man matches because <laughs> um, I had a bunch, or I did, I did. I had a bunch, um, and I, I always have, you know, cool ideas and stuff like that, whatever else, which is, you know, the, the joys of being from the indies, you know what I mean? Like, that, that yeah. is that is the truth. I, like, I really like three-way dances and stuff like that. Like, it's one of my um, favourite match types, right? So I think because I always had little ideas, like, I would always shine in these kind of scenarios, um, so they, they kept putting me in them. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but this one was very interesting because we had to debut two new people, um, EC3 and Ricochet. This was their debut. But also, you've got Monster and, and Lars, Monster and myself, and then you've got Velveteen, and you've got um, Adam. Um, and like Adam's, you know, this incredible, talented lad um, who, who, who's kind of getting 
you know, the pops, but still villain, you know, uh, Valentin is, is the fella who everybody's, you know, they, everybody knows that there's something special there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's also, you know, not sure if you're a baby face or a heel. So like, there's, there's so many like things going all at the same time. So for us, we, we knew we had to work really hard to try and showcase everybody. Um, but we all made a, like a pact right before it. And, and this is something I'm really proud of. We said, right, we're not going to do the slow climb up the ladder, especially early in the match, because we hated it. We, we went and watched all the ladder matches that we could think of uh, yeah. you know, separately. And even a couple together, like to try and make sure that like we, first of all, respect what people have done before. We don't want to repeat anything that people have done. But we also don't want to make the same mistakes that people have done. You know, that slow climb that people were doing. Yeah, I get it. You're waiting for the spot or anything else. We were like, right, how about this? You climb the ladder. Nobody's there. You just fucking win the belt, right? So that put a new pressure on everybody to be there and be ready at all times. And there's some brilliant moments where, you know, somebody actually gets fucking really far up the ladder. You know what I mean? Like, obviously for me, I was never going to get up there fast. So it was really easy to stop me. But for... But for some of the other lads, it'd be a bit harder. Yeah, there you go. So, um, I think you nearly—is that you there? I think you, you nearly, uh, you nearly get your hand on the belt there. <laughs> oh yeah, that is me. That is me. But I, I think if I went one more rung up the ladder, I'd have fucking fallen off the damn thing. Right? I, was about, I, was about, <laughs> I was about as close as I was going to get. Right? I'm okay on the first three rungs, but seeing that fourth, fifth, sixth rung—that's yeah. that's when it gets uh, problematic for me. But um, no, honestly, like there was a lot riding on that. We, we knew we, we had a lot to live up to. We were the opener of the entirety of WrestleMania. So, like, we, there was also a chip on our shoulder. Like, we were kind of thinking, how do we say follow that without saying follow that? You know what I mean? So, 100%, um, yeah. so we, we, you know, we made the pact. We'd all, we'd all do that. We'd all fucking fly up that ladder. Um, we tried to structure it so everybody looked good. And, and that's tough because, you know, there's two completely unestablished people. So we knew Ricochet is going to get over because he, he can do some cool stuff. But we also need to be cognizant. Like, you can't. You can't do everything and then no sell anything, you know. So you know, we're trying to get that balance. And then EC3, you know, is, is more known for being this incredible mic man. So you have to try, how do we make that work? So we have to try and make him smarmy or, or you know, have moments for him and stuff like that. So we try to put all that together. And then, like, you know, we're, we're able to, you know, to try and keep the fact that Lars and I were kind of on and off feuding for a few months. So, like, we're, we're, we're trying to have little bits in it, like, even the bit where we're, we're trying to one-up each other and stuff like that, you know, so th- th- there's some really cool moments and we're just so happy that we got so much of that on the board and that people realised afterwards, you know, understood the stories we were trying to tell coming out of it. And people understood, like, what the psychology was and, like, the feedback we've had since has been mind-blowing. Like, I, yeah. we knew it was decent, like, when we were, you know, coming up with it, but we didn't know it was going to be as good as that you know what I mean? Like that—that's—that's that's the truth. You know, but the crowd made it. Like the crowd just dug everything we did. They were there for every moment, every spot, every every tiny look. I remember there's a bit where, where Lars and I are just throwing ricochet around, like and like the crowd just comes up, like and we have a stare off, and they go fucking nuts, and like like that, like stuff like that. Like yeah. we didn't, you know, you don't know, like you don't know for sure if they're, what they're going to react to. So, um, so then we. We're able to do things on the fly and, and go with what they're what they're digging, and that was what was really cool about all the talent that was there. Like nobody panicked, you know. Everybody, everybody was in the moment. Everybody enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a nuts photo. <laughs> that, really that was a terrible is. idea, but you know, Ricochet was like, "Yeah, I'll take it." Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like honestly, like you know, all the lads, the testament to all of them, they're all bloody brilliant. So all, all like wonderful to work with. And I know it's seen as the the cursed match, you know, but. Um, <laughs> 
realistically, it was it was so much fun, um, and nobody uh, nobody was difficult. Um, we had a few, obviously, we you know, six different people, six different opinions. You would have the occasional, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the fact that we we're still able to put that together, um, and like the, the feedback we've got since was was amazing. Um, but yeah, great experience, great for me. You know, Killian at that point was kind of we knew we were we were about to get promoted, so we weren't sure like how what we're going to do with killing so it's kind of stop start like what what's next because we know we're going up so you know coming into that that on off super large finally we were able to you know look into paying that off you know what i mean so um yeah it was a very very cool experience cool time and that was a great show to be on and um, i think it was johnny and johnny and andrade was the <laughs> big one wasn't it that's the main event so i think uh you had uh johnny gargano and uh champa in their first uh Grudge match, the unsanctioned okay, match, okay. and I think it was uh, yeah Andrade and uh, Alistair Black, of course. For the Alistair Black, over. yes, and that was yeah. incredible. You know, so like there was there was so many brilliant matches on that show, and like I'm so glad you said you dug it because 100%. like I think every single one of us like at that point NXT we started to really find our feet, and <clears throat> towards the end of of 2017 we kind of knew what direction we wanted to go in. Yeah. So by 18. That was, I think, that's when the creativity really started coming through for all the lads and ladies, um, and that was just wonderful to be a part of. And, and as I say, the opening WrestleMania with that, you know, <laughs> that was awesome. That was w- wicked, and like to get the crowd at the hottest p- possible point w- w- was wicked. Like, um, so I look back and I have very fond memories, and hopefully, I never have to do another one. <laughs> John is here in the Electric Ballroom and uh, we've just seen It's Clobbering Time uh, from Progress and uh, I'm joined by Mark Haskins or Skins uh, who main evented two shows in the ballroom today. Um, first of all, like I say, we saw you back in the ballroom over Strong Style Weekend, you got to the final, we won't talk about that, um, but it must, be, it must be awesome for you to be back in Camden, back in the ballroom. The king and queen of Camden have returned. Uh, how does it feel on a personal level to be back in Progress? It's fantastic, yeah, I got to see a lot of old faces, people who I haven't seen in literal years. I didn't realise it had been four years since we were last here. Madness, time has flown by, but I'm very glad to be back and I'm very excited to see everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And today, uh, you main evented the Defy show against Kenta, a formidable opponent. Um, I knew going into it, it was going to be a hard-hitting, high-octane match. Uh, is he somebody that you worked with before? No, first time. I was a huge Kenta fan when I was uh, growing up and getting into the business. So today was a very mad experience for me, where I'm at, it literally feels like 17 years on from when I used to watch his matches with Brian Danielson. I got to tear it up with him myself. So very excited about today. It literally felt like the planets aligned for me. When I was speaking to Defy, they said that they were interested in bringing me in, but they didn't say who it was against. And then at the same time, I was speaking to an old friend of mine who I used to backyard wrestle with at his house in his garden. He was now a, a radio presenter for BBC Radio Oxford. He said, do you want to come on my show? We'll do a little interview. I said to Defy, hey, do you want me to announce that I'm going to be a part of the show uh, on BBC Radio Oxford? And they said, yeah, you're going to be wrestling Kenta. So call him out. So I did. And it, it felt like just a beautiful experience in this business where the planets aligned and we made it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. A curious question. So with, with your match against Kenta and your, your match against uh, Leon Slater, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, you were introduced as Skins. Yes. Uh, so uh, what was the kind of the inspiration behind the slight name change there? Because we've always known you as Mark Haskins. So You've shortened it somewhat. It's, yeah, it's hilarious because for years, everybody behind the curtain has referred to me as Skins. Oh, okay. And until today, I had no idea 
how polar opposite the other side of the curtain has known me you never really think about it right but then i was thinking about you know when we're getting announces uh here's vicky haskins here's mark haskins a lot of haskins going on there so i thought you know why not switch it up and uh yeah use my nickname and do something slightly different so. i think it works i think it makes uh the name pop and stand out a little bit more but uh, we look forward to seeing kind of how that uh, develops and, and your main event in uh, the Progress Show, Leon Slater, such an extraordinary young talent that's taken the UK scene and the American scene by storm. He's recently just come back from GCW, but a phenomenal talent. Um, I know that you started very young in the business, so you must see parallels there between yourself and Leon Slater. Yeah, it's horrendous. I've never felt older than I do currently, especially with Nick Wayne walking around. He's such a child, right? So he's... He's just turned 18, 18. right? Yeah. I've been in the business 18 years. Wow. I remember being on a show years ago with Jerry Lynn where Jerry Lynn was wrestling Noam Dar. And I saw Jerry Lynn's soul break when he realized that he'd been wrestling longer than Noam had been alive. And now I'm the Jerry Lynn in that equation. Today was very bizarre for me as well because wrestling Kenta, he's obviously a little bit older than myself. So it went from him being a veteran and me being the young guy to then the complete reverse where now I'm wrestling the young kid who yeah. made it abundantly clear how old he thinks I am during the match, which I did not appreciate at all. Leon, you're a very, very naughty boy. And it's 2-0 and o between yourself and Leon Slater because, of course, you uh, had an encounter with him in the first round of Strong well, Style this year. over whenever he wants it to be over. Yeah. I'm 2-0 up, you know what I'm saying? So I I've got nothing to prove. One more, maybe, yeah. Oh, well, you know, he can have as many as he wants. Some people just love, you know, bouncing their head off of a brick wall. But, but you must be on a high today because you faced uh, two incredible opponents, main event in two shows, but two opponents of very contrasting styles as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't think you need to sound so shocked when you say that I was in the main event. Like, where else are you oh, going to no, put no, me no. on the show? That wasn't the main part of my question. <laughs> well, of course, you know, if it's not the main event spot, then why am I here? Absolutely. And, and, the, and the styles dynamic. I mean, Kenta, hard-hitting, striking, Leon Slater, you've really got to have eyes in the back of your head to kind of know where he's going. Um, and he's freakishly I'm athletic as well. Oh, Did you man. see the air he got on so many moves? I was almost half distracted Unreal. as he was doing things. I was like, wow, that's so... Oh, no, again, kicked in the face. Do you know, he's, uh, yeah, he's got a hell of a leap on him. I'm very jealous. So, um, looking forward, it looks like we're going to see you back in the progress ring more frequently. And I certainly hope so. I think the Progress fans certainly hope so. And uh, do you certainly hope so? Well, I would love to. You know, I don't know why it is that I've been left away for so long. It's not been my choice. So, you know, Progress, you know, I stepped up today. I don't feel like I have anything to prove. It's on Progress's terms now. If they want to have me back here, just give me a call. Final question then. Um, obviously a lot of changed in the last four years with progress, a lot of new faces, um, a lot of people that have come onto the scene just in the last few years that are doing awesome things in progress. Anybody you might have your eye on that you think would be an awesome match for yourself to go against? I don't care about awesome matches and I don't care who wants to step up and wrestle me. Progress has changed, a lot has changed, but I have also changed as well. I'm not an insecure young guy anymore who's you know, heart is breaking. I'm an old grizzled man, apparently. I've got, you know, a lot of years under my belt and I am more than delighted for anybody who wants to try and step up and prove a point against me to just come at me because I will knock them all down. There we go. Mark Haskins, Skins, thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry, I don't know. Uh, we're going to talk about...
uh, or, or these. The Lana Austin experience. L.A. Taylor, Sky Smithson. We'll talk about Rob in a minute, but uh, a tremendous faction. Uh, love all three of you guys. I was working at a show with L.A. the other day, and uh, she's sorry she can't join you tonight. She was going to dial in, but she's uh, otherwise otherwise busy. But we. We did have a question come through from Ashley Clements before we went live. Uh, whose idea was the Lana Austin experience and who selected the members of the group? So tell us about it, because I love the Lana Austin experience because each individual member offers something different. Obviously, you've got the, the big kind of uh, warrior in L.A. Taylor. You've got kind of like the, the hitman with uh, Sky Smithson, yourself as the leader. Um, but uh, yeah, so how did it all come together and how did you select the individual members? So the idea for the group was actually progress. They had an idea of putting me, me being the the character that I am, but having two people with me as well. Um, so it was their idea for the group, but then I was allowed to put names forward of people, you know, who I really wanted to be in the group. So I put a few names forward and then, you know, I'd met... LA at a few shows and I wanted somebody in my group who people are going to be scared of you know because I'm I'm scary as well and I can beat people up but then if I've got LA on one side as well who you know who looks like an Amazon like warrior yeah. she's amazing she's got this great look I was like yeah definitely want her um and then Sky as well Sky's got the muscles you know so I was like I wanted two badass women with me. So I, I put them two names forward and they said yes to them too. And I was very grateful. So um, yeah. when what, what started out of a group of me being the annoying little, you know, telling them what to do and being bossy and whatnot and them being Lana's bitches, it actually became a group. We became friends. We became real life friends. So yeah. then I think that kind of came across on the shows as well of like you know i always feel like everybody has that one annoying friend that they all hate and they all like you know she's annoying they're irritating but you still love them so i feel like yeah. i'm that i'm that one of the group and that's fine i know i'm irritating <laughs> you know but they love me for it so it's fine <laughs> absolutely and, and i did mention rob and he is the the, the fourth member um and uh oh, of, we don't know if he's a member oh is he not we don't know yet. We Ooh. don't know. Because okay. Because we don't. I want him to be part of the group, you know, because I love him. I want him to be a part of it. And in my eyes, he's part of it. But, well, you know, I'm. We're not, it's not like I'm the boss of the group anymore. It's like we have to vote, you know. Okay. So. Okay. You, you've enlightened me there. And I, I do know he was. Maybe uh, a year, 13 months ago, I had Rob on the show, Rob Drake on the show. And uh, and you made a cameo appearance, didn't you, Lana? And uh, let's just revisit that from almost a year ago, from just over a year ago. Here we go. I asked him if he'd uh, ever consider being a fourth member of the Lana Roston experience. What do you reckon? Definitely. <laughs> That'd be That's so it. Cool. That, that would, would be, be cool. Really there you go. So it's not confirmed. He's not officially part of the Lana Austin experience, no. but I may have preempted it over a year ago. So I'm not yeah. taking any but credit I'm for it. All dressed up now from then as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, the Lana Austin experience doing, doing some great things. We did. I would, um, I would tell him to come and um, have come and say hi, but he's playing Call of Duty with his with his um, high school mates. Or, That's right. You know, I can't get him away from the PlayStation at the minute. That's right. Priorities and. 
And Michinoku Pro is the exact inspiration for Chikara. So here are the people who uh, inspired me at every stage of my career. To be able to provide a stage and a platform to celebrate them and elevate them made me feel like this is what I am meant to be doing. W whatever it is that I'm able to create or exert or express through Chikara, this is perhaps most important. And there was um, that same year, the Michinoku guys were there. Uh, Manami Toyota was there. I had reached out, uh, and this sounds easier than it is. So I'm going to step back and I'm going to, I'll give you a little backstory <laughs> on this story. I had wanted to reach out to Sean Waltman because uh, in the 1990s, the one, two, three kid really gave permission for lightweight wrestlers to find success in the United States. Prior to the one, two, three kid, unless you were basically dynamite kid or tiger mask the idea that an american promoter had a spot on a show for someone that looked like that mm, not so yeah. much but the one two three kid changes all of that in may of 1993 and i owe a, i owe a debt of gratitude to him uh, my old running mate reckless youth does and so do hundreds if not thousands of guys wrestling to this day owe a debt to sean waltman for that and so i started to put feelers out through my network because, you know, sometimes when people tell stories, uh, for example, I, I love to watch music documentaries and somebody will be like, oh, so we called up Michael Jackson. What? No, you didn't. No one has his phone number. You don't just call up Sean Waltman. That's not how it works. So you, well, you, here's what you do. You reach out to someone and you're like, do you think you know how I could get in touch with Sean Waltman? And they're like, I know a guy who knows a guy who could get you there. <laughs> so it takes weeks of this. You're playing this game, right? Like I'm getting yeah. one closer. I'm getting one closer. Finally, I've got his phone number and I get him on the phone and I know he doesn't know who I am. We'd maybe met two or three times in two or three of the 10,000 wrestling cards he's appeared on. Right. He does not remember me. But I said to him, you know, very sincerely, you've had a profound impact on my career as a professional wrestler. And I have a very special event that we put on just once a year called King of Trios. For us, it is our WrestleMania. And if there's any chance that you'd be willing to do this. I would love the opportunity to present the one, two, three kid there. And I know you've been X-Pac and six and you've wrestled just under, you know, his own name, Sean Waltman now for years and years. And maybe revisiting that character is not something that you're open to. But uh, to me and to so many others, you are the reason we are able to do this, to enjoy this art form, why it plays the, the fulfilling role in our life that it does. And if for the sake of one weekend, you'd be willing to reprise that character, we'd be really proud to have you with us. And he said, I'll do it. So sure enough, the weekend comes and Sean Waltman shows up and he's got brand new one, two, three kid gear. Brilliant. But at the time he had this very scraggly beard, like a really like long, like, you know, almost like a mountain man like <laughs> yeah. beard. And um, I thought, oh, geez, you know, I had not considered this because with the scraggly beard that's x-pac that's six and it's not the one two three kid but i think he fully understood this so this was taking place at the ecw arena in a locker room where for whatever reason this they were doing some kind of construction at the time there was a sink and a mirror that was just in the middle of a room with nothing else so everyone is sat in there with their suitcases, right? The bags are open. People are putting on their boots, you know, putting on their deodorant, getting ready to go out to the ring. And at this mirror, he just turns on the water, lathers up his beard with a little shaving cream and begins to shave it off in front of everybody. And when he was done, he took a towel to his face 
and turned around and he was the one, two, three kid again. There you go. And that weekend he goes out there and just crushes it. He's electrifying. He, it's as if he jumped into a time machine and became 15 years younger. And in particular, the match that he has is a singles match with El Generico on that weekend's finale of King of Trios. Behind uh, the curtain, all of us, every member of the Chikara family and all of our guests were there watching it happen and were overcome with emotion as he re-embodies the one, two, three kid. When the match is over, he stumbles back through the curtain and he's sobbing. And seeing that, we all start sobbing. Why? I don't know. I don't know what that human thing is. You see somebody else crying and you start yeah. crying. We just all started sobbing. And uh, it, I, I'll show you this in a second. We had this massive group hug. Uh, it was, uh, in many ways, it might be the fondest recollection I have of so many fond recollections of Chikara. And I said, hey, man, like, do you want to sit down or something? He's like, I just I need to be by myself for a minute to process everything that's just happened to me. So I gave him a couple minutes and um, he isolated himself in a room where he could lock the door. And uh, I wanted to wait a good amount of time, let people cool down, especially when you get the adrenaline going and the blood's pumping. Right. Um, that's not the time to, like, sit down with somebody like, let's have a chat. So I waited a few minutes for this all to kind of calm down. By the time I went over. He had left. He'd packed his bag and had left the building entirely. But he'd pinned something to the door, which I actually have right here. Oh, wow. Because I keep it on my desk to this day. Uh, it says, I will never forget this weekend as long as I live. You all are the future of wrestling. It's been my honor to be here. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. Sean Waltman, the one, two, three kid. That's incredible. Look at that, ladies and gents. That is absolutely incredible. This sits right next to me on my desk to this day. The, the significance of this hasn't dulled for even one moment to me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's get on to our recent events and let's talk about this. And there you are. Oh, and I'm just going to get rid of Richie's question. Thank you, Richie. As the All Wales champion uh, being defended uh, on occasions in uh, Pro Wrestling Chaos, which is where you won it a couple of months back against Danny Luna. Um, but, uh, I mean, that bout has a history, a lineage through uh, Dragon Gate Pro um, and synonymous with people like my, uh, Mike Hitchman, Wild Boar, um, and individuals like that. But uh, you were there during the Dragon Pro days, weren't you, when it was being defended through 2018 and 2019? Was that a championship that you always had your eye on? It was the first one because Dragon Pro really was my first place where independent wrestling and, and a certain form of wrestling was kind of open to me. So Dragon Pro really was the, the, the place of so that belt to me was, okay, well, if I can get my hands on this, then I know that I'm starting to get to where I want to get to. It was very much the first prize in wrestling I wanted to try and achieve. Um, and I thought it was gone. I, I thought that, um, the chance of being able to get that was just gone when, I, yeah. when everything went away. So it was uh, amazing, really, when it, it just came back around. Because uh, everybody always says in wrestling, you know, everything comes back around. Don't worry about it now. It'll come back around. And most of the time you're like, okay, maybe I'll believe it. But this one I just didn't think was going to come back around, man. But here we are. And it did. And uh, I think it was September, Danny Luna 
uh, at a pro wrestling chaos show and uh, you, you you finally got it you won it it's, it's a beautiful championship first of all really really beautiful belt let's say a lot of prestige behind it what what did it mean to you as a competitor as a performer uh, to to become the all wales champion and like i say it does have carry a lot of prestige uh, behind it um and you are now its holder what did it mean to you when you got that uh, three count um all of the best welsh wrestlers have held this belt like all, all of the best ones so it was just a case of okay i'm up there now because it's only been passed forward to i guess i just said it but passed forward to the best and that was a real big okay i know what people are seeing me as now as is what i've been feeling in myself for a while and now more and more people are seeing it so it was um it was quite a big moment for me personally. Like I said, it was the first belt that I wanted to really go for. And after the year that after the year that Brendan had had with that belt, bringing it up to the next level and really showing off, you know, what a Welsh wrestler really can do, um, especially with the year that he had. Um, and then Danny Luna taking it, and then with the year that she's had, yeah, taking it off of her is. The ball's rolling now with Brendan, with Danny, and now we're going to see where this goes. Yeah. Um, yes. I, w I want to talk about some success stories from uh, JPWA. And uh, you mentioned NXT, and there's two individuals that are performing on NXT on a weekly basis. Uh, and in fact, uh, I stand corrected because one of them is actually on the main roster now, and that's yeah. uh, Ivy Nile um, doing some great things. And I think she had a great match this past uh, Monday, and I think she set herself up for a championship match down the line. And of course, you got uh, uh, Stax yeah. Lorenzo, Channing Lorenzo, and... Uh, but, but, I mean, they're just two of many uh, success stories that you've had recently, certainly with JPWA in the last uh, four or five years. Um, but, uh, I mean, tell us about those two individuals in particular because they're doing some great things. And I think Channing uh, is also the current NXT or one half of the NXT Tag Team Champions. So they're both uh, doing some wonder wonderful work, thanks in part to the training and the knowledge you gave them. Well, Stax uh, came to us. He, I think he was in the second class of JPWA. And really? He, yeah, he wanted to make sure. You know, he he had he had done a Totino's commercial for uh, he sent in a, a video for a Totino's commercial, Totino's Pizza commercial that they were advertising at the time. And he was the mother lover, Jake Tucker. He was living in his mom's front yard in a in a camper outside and that's a great name by the way yeah the mother lover jake <laughs> tucker yeah so and and he was very entertaining he he would cut these promos he and his uh uh partner in jpwa cam houston they would cut these vignettes and do these entertaining promos and it got him noticed um and he was determined he came in out of shape i don't want to say out of shape but he wasn't in great shape he wasn't in the shape he's in now that's for sure yeah, for sure but when he when he came to us, he made it evident, made it clear to me that he wanted to go to WWE. That was his goal. And I believe there's three kinds of people in the world: those who try, those who give it the best shot, and those who do whatever it takes. And he did whatever it took to get him noticed, to get him there, and to train with some people in Florida. He trained with Natty Neidhart and uh, T.J. Wilson. Uh, you know, they don't have a school, but they have a ring in their out by their house and they, they train certain people and he got in with that click and, and he got noticed. And, 
he he never let up. Now he's he's on NXT, one half of the tag team champions, and I don't think it's going to be before long when he gets on the main roster. He's he's doing a great job. Ivy Nile this past week she came out with uh, oh Maxine Dupree and she and she made the challenge to uh, Rhea Ripley. So yeah. I mean, and she she's she's doing tremendous. She came to us. Uh, I think she was in the same class as Jake. So you know, it it can be done. I I truly believe if if you you will it, so it will be done, man. Um, if you want something bad enough, you'll work for it and get it. Um, give us a bit of insight into your journey with United and Scotty Rourke in particular, because I think your feud with his has to go down as possibly the greatest feud in United wrestling history and maybe yours as well. Oh, definitely mine. Definitely mine. Like, yeah. This, this story, this feud, this everything about it. I'm, I'm just so emotional each time I think, just think about it. And I could talk about it for three hours, so don't get me started. Talk <laughs> <laughs> for it for as long as you want, for as long as you need to. <laughs> no, seriously, like the, the, just the first match, I was very. Uh, actually, you know what? Like before the first match, I was meant to wrestle against Aluna Blue for a fourth count anywhere, so it was already meant to be a big match for me that night. But uh, Aluna apparently got injured the day before um and so <laughs> and so um the promoter told me look uh aluna is not available but we have a replacement and it's going to be scotty rook and i was like what okay um are you sure <laughs> but yeah did you know like, did oh. you know much about scotty before that announcement was made was you aware of uh, what sort of a, a talent he was when you were yeah. first told that by the promoter? I, I knew, but yeah, yeah, I knew him. Yeah, yeah. You knew, I, you I, knew. I, knew. <laughs> I, I met continue. him before at TNT, actually. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, I was like, oh my god! Like, uh, first of all, I didn't do many intergender matches in my life, and so I was like, okay, that's going to be a challenge. I, I mean, I want to do a lot of, I mean, I love intelligent matches and I, I am asking for it, but I, I, I didn't imagine it coming so soon, like, like, like that, like on the spot. So I was very stressed, but very like super excited. Uh, I remember being uh, at WrestleForce uh, the day of the, um, uh, where the promo, uh, when the promoter told me that, and I was telling everyone, you know what, you know what, I'm going to wrestle Scotty Rock tomorrow. Can you believe that? Can you believe and I was super excited. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the match happened. And I remember coming backstage and being like, oh, my God, wh what just happened? It was insane. It was magical. It was, wow, maybe the yeah. best match of my whole career. And everyone was like, wow, that was amazing. That was the match of the night. Already the match of the year, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and all the all the people on, on, on social media, I was there. I saw that. So proud of, of having been uh, that They could say that they've been there. And I couldn't believe what was happening. And I, I was like, I just want more of it. I just want to like wrestle him again because I've learned so much that night, and and like 
we sort of met backstage uh, obviously before the match and we were like mate we are like the same like we are looking like each other like what the fuck is happening we could do a tag and i mean we are now i mean uh eight months later or something like that yeah we decided yeah. to um, I've got to say the chemistry between you two as well, and certainly in you know the first, second, third match, and you probably felt this from the very first match. But the chemistry between you two is just off the charts, and you know you both like to strike hard and hit hard and give punishment, and you, you love to take the punishment from one another as well. Um, and that's obviously something that you must have realised very early on, and especially as the series of matches progressed. But the chemistry between you two was just off the charts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we realised it the, at the first match. We came backstage and it was like, that was something. Um, and, and yeah, like, it, it just grew as because, of course, the, the year has, as, as I mean, we, we just sort of met for the first match and then the second match happened and we were like wow uh we, we came backstage and people were like wow like you did even better uh how was that possible and 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 i remember crying after that second match i was i was so scared as well of the second match because i was like okay the first was the first one was was good but maybe it was just a fluke um I was extremely scared. And then I came backstage. I was so relieved. And I was like, wow, I won the match. But also, fuck me. Like, this yeah. chemistry is, is unique. And I, I've never had a chemistry like that with anyone uh, in, in, in a wrestling match. Um, so, yeah, do, doing the doing the one with the chain was very, very challenging. We We... we I mean, I, th I think it's kind of, it kind of proved the chemistry we have. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I would have never done a chain match with anyone else than Scotty because this kind of thing, you need to trust your open. You literally go to hell and back with that kind of stipulation, you see? So... It, it was really like a, a proof of how much I trust him and how much he trusts me as well. Like, and I, I hope we we show that to the crowd. I think we did. Um, that was that was that was something as well. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, Irish wrestling at the moment, and uh, I think it's always been a hotbed. It's always produced incredible talents. Like, so you can see them on a daily basis uh, on the WWE Network yourself as well. Uh, but if you look at people like uh, Lyra Valkyria, who's doing some tremendous things over in the States, recently beating Becky Lynch, of all people, in the NXT Women's Championship. Um, you've got uh, JD doing some wonderful things on Raw now, um, you know, in a main event storyline, likely to be part of a War Games match later on this month. Um, and another picture of, uh, I think this is the Irish School of Wrestling. So some tremendous talent there. And I know that you're heavily involved with that. Um, you must be pretty proud with the Irish scene. You know, like I say, it's been hot for a while now, but it seems to be in a really, really good position. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Jordan Devlin or JD McDonough is one of my like best friends still to this day, and 
just to see him go from just I just see him turn himself into an absolute superstar. Same with Lyra Valkyrie. Yeah. I mean, I remember when she was out with an injury a, a while ago, and she thought that that was going to be the end of her NXT uh, UK career. And I said to her, I knew it was like, no, this is only the beginning. And I mean, it's the stuff of dreams what she got to do with Becky. It was incredible, and I cannot cannot think of anyone that deserves it more. She was she's an absolute rocket. Like she's incredible. And uh, what a dream match for anyone, anyone in Ireland to see them two wrestle is a dream. And then it's the same with like you had JD McDonough as well. It's just, it's, it's incredible. So good. Yeah. yeah. Are you part of the coaching setup at the Irish School of Wrestling? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we've had a few. Uh, it's amazing for the contender weekends. We've had people come in. Like, I think we've had people from all over the world. We had uh, Canada, America, um Belgium, Portugal, Spain, France, like I think there was near 200 people at our training seminar. It's been great and you know we're only going to keep doing more and more. We've got some of the best coaches, the best coaches in Ireland like one day Jordan Devlin will come back himself and probably t- take one too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah, it's 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 great to see and there's so many young guys coming up now that it's just it seems packed. <laughs> Maybe I need to move over. <laughs> um but Making your main roster debut at WrestleMania um, under a new character against Chris Jericho mm. and going over, um, can, can you still believe that actually happened? Um, bit, bit of a surreal experience. Yeah, man, I was such a fan of Chris. Um, yeah, I, I remember I was in the business, just got into the business when Chris debuted in WWF in yeah. the, probably 99, was it, or 98? Yeah, 99. And uh, the guys I was traveling up and down the roads with, um, I remember us. I remember we had a show that weekend, and uh, Chris probably debuted on a Monday, I assume. And uh, I remember watching that recorded Raw back, and us being all jazzed up about it, and just thought it was so cool. Because we were all fans of Chris and WCW, because we appreciated what he was doing, you know, because he was obviously being overlooked. And uh, he was going out there, kind of like what, I'm not comparing myself to Chris, but... NXT Redemption, where no one was really paying attention to the promo, so you could kind of have that freedom to go out there and just, um, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, uh, have fun. You yeah. know, and that's what yeah. Chris was doing in WCW, and he really stood out of that. Um, he, I guess he was in the cruiserweight division at the time, but yeah. that really made him stand out was his personality and his promos. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, getting. You know, my, my biggest thing is I, I just wanted him to respect me. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't want to let him down because, I you know, I, I looked up to him so much as a performer. But uh, honestly, I, I was comfortable with the, the match um, prior. The, the, the most nerve-wracking aspect of that whole thing was remembering the dance routine for me. <laughs> I just I remember being really stressed out about that. The whole dancing thing for me was really hard. Um, See, so no pressure about stepping out in front I mean, of 70,000 well, people. Well, no, was, obviously. It's a dancing yeah. routine that you're most stressed about. <laughs> I mean, I knew once we get in the ring, I'm in there with oh, of course. Chris. So, I mean, yeah, I'm joking. And it's not like it was a super... Uh, difficult match. It was yeah. just, you know, it was a little schmoz match. It was like six minutes, but the freaking dance routine had me really, <laughs> had me really shook, man. I was really like, fuck, dude. Because, you know, <clears throat> I've been wrestling at that time for, I don't know, 12, 14, I don't know, yeah. uh, years. So I was comfortable in the ring, but um, the, the dancing thing was two, three, four months new to me. So, um, 
imagine being in there, you know, only wrestling for four months and then trying to do a, a, a wrestling scene in front of um, 75,000 people and, and, you know, millions watching at home. So, uh, yeah, I remember being really nervous about trying to remember that dance routine, yeah. Uh, yeah. but we got through it. Luckily, all, all the girls covered for me and uh, Chris, uh, Chris and I had a good one that night. It was fun. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your your journey towards the Eve Championship then, Nina, because um, I think we're looking at 2018 now. And uh, in the May, um, you won the, the wild card ladder match at Wrestle mm-hmm. Queendom um, against six other women. Um, and you cashed in in the November, didn't you, to uh, eventually become the, the Eve Champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but tell us about that journey, because, I mean, you, you've been with Eve maybe a year or two before then. So, you know, you'd obviously had a, a, a fair few matches and a bit of a journey and a story towards that championship, obviously winning the ladder match as well. Uh, what are your recollections of uh, your journey towards the title? I think my plan of when to cash in, I had very, very early on. Um and I, and, I, and I told Dan that, and I communicated to him, I said, this is when I want to do it. I want to do it on the She Won weekend. And so initially there was a briefcase, but I think literally my first show back after Queendom where I had the briefcase, um, Casey Owens broke it. Wasn't the plan, but just happened in the moment and the, suit, and the briefcase was broken. There's the briefcase um, there. But it was actually a blessing in disguise because... I remember the reason why Edge's cash in as the first money in the bank was so was such a big deal was because people have basically forgotten that he had it. And it wasn't, you know, that tried and tested thing that it is now where everyone knows and everyone expects him to become a champion um, from it. So it was actually quite a blessing. And after the briefcase was such a way, I Susanna was like, I want it to be forgotten about and I'm not really going to talk about it. Um, and I wanted to not be in She Won for the reason of having having that. And I think there was a show before the She Won that I couldn't make because of the taping. Um, so I was like, right, let's have a bit of a downward spiral, have me on a losing streak to the point where I can get pissed off and walk out. So the walk a coincided with the taping that I wasn't going to be there for anyway and also it meant that I was far from anyone's mind on the she one weekend and I was even posting fake videos onto my Instagram story of me being in my hometown that weekend so I just wanted people I just wanted to be as far out of people's view as I possibly could um so on the she one it was you know in the middle of Charlie Morgan and Kaylee Ray and I got ready at home, got my gear on and put a tracksuit over the top of my gear, drove round the corner. I drove round the corner so the fans wouldn't see me. And then once, and I only arrived during in the interval, I think, and once the, that second half had started, that's when I drove round near the resistance gallery and I hid in the production truck that they had outside because that's when they had a truck there because they were streaming live. Um, so, and... The contract that was um, sellotaped to the chair, because obviously I didn't have a briefcase, um, my brother planted for me earlier on that day. So my brother went to watch it and um, he actually planted the contract for me, tucked behind the door on the entranceway. Um, So I wanted it to be this 
big surprise, big shock moment. And I think it was. Um, so, yeah, that was something that I had in my mind for a, for a long time. Uh, plan I knew that's what I wanted and I think the I think the long way into it I've done every, every all the little tiny thoughts little details I think really helped to make for a really memorable moment I mean even in lockdown a lot of people were talking about their top 10 eve moments as part from YouTube streams I think a lot of the answers that I saw said that you know that cash was in their top 10 moments so I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about making memorable moments in wrestling. So I'm really proud that I managed to make that moment. I wish the title reign was longer. Um, I don't know if I should say this. It was meant to be longer, but certain circumstances happened to the point where yeah. it ended. <clears throat> it ended when it did, um, which was not the initial plan. But um, I'm still, you know, super proud of what I did in, in, in that time. Um, <clears throat> there I am. Um, and the championship yeah, belt if i said Looks i was good. completely that rain and that i was happy to leave it there i i would definitely like to have another rain with the pro wrestling championship so that is my goal eve now i'm i'm currently undefeated for 2023 eve just really cool and, and you know i talked to you last time i said i'm having so much fun doing this and uh, to be honest with you though the um i keep saying this might be the farewell for now tour no um, no don't yeah. say it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll still come over, but I won't be able to do the tours uh, the way that I have been. You know, certainly not five weeks. Um, I don't think it's a huge secret. I've been working for AEW as a producer behind the scenes, as a coach and producer there. I mean, I have the opportunity to do more with them uh, on a regular basis. So I think it looks like probably at the beginning of the year, I'll be going pretty hard with them um, if everything works out you know the way I hope it does. Well, congratulations um, for that, Scott. That's yeah, it's, that's it's, great it's, news. It's exciting. Uh, really, yeah, it is exciting. It's very bittersweet at the same time, though, because I do, I really do enjoy doing these tours. Um, yeah, more than anything, you know. So it's 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 a tough decision, but well, exciting. Stepping away from um, your your UK tour in November and December, your UK and European tour. Um, and uh, I've seen some social posts, and uh, I think it was uh, uh, Corey Graves' podcast that he does for WWE, and uh, a certain Rhea Ripley was on there. Um, and Rhea Ripley was uh, one of your students, uh, one of your, dare I say, your, your kids in the WWE uh, Performance Center, and also uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Um, doing excellent things on the main roster now, Scott. Of course, uh, Rhea Ripley, um, one of the, uh, the WWE uh, women's heavyweight champion, a world heavyweight yeah, champion, yeah. Um, doing some amazing things. Raquel Rodriguez has, has had a wonderful year or so on the main roster, but uh, big fan of these two for sure. And you had a, a big part in their development. You must be pretty proud with uh, kind of how they've grown and what they're doing currently on the main roster, Scott. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, just from from even the last time I spoke or saw Rhea to where she's at right now, just the way she's grown and developed and the characters like taking on a life of its own and just, you know, and that's what it, that's what you hope for, right? It, um, not only as a coach, but as talent, that's what you hope for. It's like, okay, how do I, I need to evolve into something that's never been done before. And sometimes it's hard to sit down and just kind of rack your brain and come up with something. And you, sometimes you just have to, have, you just have to hope that it happens. And it's, it's happened for definitely for Rhea. And we see it starting to happen for Raquel, where she's starting to take yeah. off now, you know, and, you know, I think, you know, that's something that, you know, 
a lot of people saw way back. You know, they saw something special in both of those ladies. And just to see what they're out there doing now is so cool. I mean, Rhea, I mean, Rhea, both of them, but I think they're both bigger than wrestling. You know, I, I could definitely see Rhea, you know, going on doing movies and Raquel doing movies. And they have such a, they're both so young and they have such a cool uh, and awesome uh, opportunity to do so many things with their career. Like, you know, it's really, really awesome to see. Absolutely. Right, so, uh, Damo, just a bit more over this way if you can. There we go. Oh, there we go. Nice and cosy. <laughs> there we go. John is backstage here at the Electric Ballroom. Progress Chapter 150. So a momentous show today. Uh, of course, we knew it was going to be a really important milestone show for Progress. Um, but uh, I think I spoke to you briefly coming up the stairs. Just the crowd today in the Electric Ballroom was amazing. But, uh, I mean, when you're backstage, guys, and you hear the crowd pop for what's going on out, out the front there. What's going through your mind? I mean, Damo. So there are times, yes, there's going to be matches where they're going to react to certain moves and certain sequences, just like we would, like if we were watching anything else or any sport, you'd get into it. But when you're telling a, a, a story like the main event has told, like we, Axel and I went down the stairs so we could watch the video because we were like, we need to know the whole story before we go out there. And like, oh my God, like the two of us just looked at each other and went, we were in Dudley, right? And this was as good as any production in Dundee. Like, that was outrageous. It was out they told the story in five minutes on that screen. So if they were new fans here. Yeah. They immediately knew what was going on. And like that was very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I say, the crowd was super hot. And, and for your matches as well, guys, you know, I think it was probably one of the yeah, hottest... That's, that's hot to, well, right. of course, of course. You know, <laughs> I'm here to big you up. I'm here to put you over. But you had, you had a, little bit of a, a little bit of an appearance in the main event there. I think what's intriguing to me is you did a, a backstage promo earlier on in the night. And I said this when yourself and Bullet had a bit of a face-to-face at uh, I think it was possibly unboxing uh, at the back end of last year there can only be one there we go you see you got two big men in progress wrestling I've interviewed Bullet recently he says he's bigger than you and he's badder than you what do you reckon when you get in there finally he's a liar yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> honestly like one of the cool things about wrestling is like the three ring circus that is that is the most important thing like I love Axel and I both have very similar um, beliefs in what we want wrestling to be as a whole but at the same time you have to be entertained at every aspect there needs to be the the clowns there needs to be the the strong men there needs to be the acrobats and one of the things i love is now there's another big man here there's another story that we can tell two big guys are going to smash the shit out of each other like that's that's fight. Yeah, yeah exactly you yeah. know and that, that's that's what the industry needs as, as a whole is is the variety yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons why the likes of Progress and, and there are other companies who are really trying to have that kind of variety but like Progress are doing their very best to have the crazy story have the, the really incredible young bastard wrestlers 18 year old bastards who are all really bastard and good right and then you've got the likes of us who can tell stories and everything else so it, it's, it's it's interesting like the, the mix that they have but that's the key and that's how we're going to succeed and that's how Progress is going to become the best company it can be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And also mentioned the crazy in-ring stuff you see here at shows like Progress, which is unbelievable 
great. So when you see like, for example, the opener today. Well, well I was going to ask you because the opener was, was Callum Newman insane, and Nick Wayne. Insane. I mean, how are you meant to, how are you meant to follow that? How are you meant, but you went out second with you Mike Bird. That's what we should do. Yeah, <laughs> come back in five years But, but you, you, you did have the challenge, didn't you, Axel? And, and you went out there with Mike Bird and you did follow it, but you gave him a completely different story, a completely different type of wrestling match. And by the end of it, you had the fans as hooked as they were during that first match. Uh, and you went out there and did it your way. Yeah, to circle back to uh, my friend over there, the different variety on in-ring style. So we cannot do what they do. They probably maybe can do what we do, but probably not. So that's different, like two types of styles. So it would be insane for us. Let's try to top that with what they do, because we can't. We can't. Simple as that. So in that case, we looked at each other and said, all right, like, Let's follow that. Why not? There's the competition. That's a legit competition in professional wrestling, not only in the ring, but also as who outperforms who, right? They had their moments in the match. We had our moments in the match sometimes. And whoa, awesome. Holy shit. I don't know. Or something. Haha. And that's entertaining. So that's two different kinds of styles. And you just follow up with what you can do best. And in that case, we did it with technical wrestling or we did it with like mm -hmm. some characteristic stuff you know take a little bit like the piss with uh do some there was some funny games in there as well but then one or two cartwheels finding back to like our bread and butter and that is yeah. strong style wrestling technical mat wrestling and uh, a lot of fun with that and yeah. you two guys have very similar styles yeah. you guys have never worked before you yeah. met maybe maybe briefly years ago but like that's the first time touching yeah. and you guys like went out there following again two yeah. bastarding young children who are fucking incredible <laughs> which, which annoys legs. me break their legs let's yeah. break their legs but because you know you're following them you went out and did something completely unique to what the rest of the show was going to be as well and then you listened to how the crowd were responding yeah. and you both were almost in one mind which i think yeah. is incredible but you know mike bird's experiences and your experiences are, are both different and yet incredibly similar it, it, it was awesome and I, I love the rematch yeah I want the rematch. Uh, yes, yes yes and I think that's something uh, that you round system match well oh, 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 well suggest it to progress challenge, management challenge, suggest it to progress challenge. management Lee if you're watching um, but like I say you, you went out there and you read the crowd and that obviously tells in the experience of yourself and Mike but the other intriguing thing was after the match it appears gentlemen that we've seen the reformation of sanity, but in a progress ring. Now, I've got to be honest with you, I was a huge mark for you two in NXT, WWE. I still am, of course. Good uh, lads, good lads. Like I still am, of course. Uh, but, but, uh, but, but honestly, that must be a bit of a thrill for you two, getting the chance to team up again in a different environment, in front of different fans. Um, and uh, I've got to say, the progress tag division is one of the hottest in the world. For you two gents to be a part of that, that must be pretty exciting. Axel, uh, give us your thoughts, my friend. Firstly, you know, teaming with this gentleman uh, all over again, but uh, in a different environment progress this time. Uh, since the day we tagged uh, the last time as Sanity in WWE, a lot of things changed, but something will never change, and that is our friendship. That's our, like, brotherhood we have built up over all those years, and it's still, like, day one. So, but now there's a threat to the tagging division here in progress that not only like and where oil machine will enter this division and will challenge like everybody that's also the thing that we have the chance to mix it up again yeah like that we tag we tag before in progress we had two matches we won those matches undefeated. but now undefeated, undefeated. 
But now we have the chance for like officially going into the ring and just, you know, present ourselves not, uh, not as like, oh, those have tech before, let's get it in tech match. No, let, let's, let's make it a unit again. Let's make it a team again and let's kick some asses as a team again. Yeah, 100%. And, and, uh, and uh, just, just to, to touch cool, on that, yeah. like, like our goal would be, you know, with all these incredible tag teams here, like Sunshine Machine, 0121, like um, the smoking aces, like they like, like us, Jim. They're cunts, but you know we, we kind of like them. You know, there's there's so many like incredible teams kicking around here, and also other ones around Britain and Ireland. Like, like there's so much kicking around right now, and we would love to be able to you know get right in amongst that, get those fucking titles, and make them world traveling tag team titles. You know what I mean? That's what we are, and that's what we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And. Um Super strong style around the corner, gentlemen. Obviously, we've got the uh, super strong style 16 tournament to look forward to. Maybe you guys will be a part of that. But we've also got WXW is going to be part of uh, super strong style weekend. So that's quite exciting, Axel. Uh, so uh, a lot of faces that you're familiar with that will be coming over for that weekend yeah. uh, in a couple of months' time. Uh, you must be excited for that and the partnership with WXW. I'm, I'm super excited with that. WXW is my home promotion in Germany. Uh, same as Progress is my home promotion in the UK. So I'm super excited that both like come together. That probably WXW comes over as the guest this time in the home of yeah. Progress Wrestling 2, a uh, superstar of uh, uh, Supercard of Strongstar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Strongstar Tournament. Yeah. It's like too many words. In Back of the night. It but, is too many words. Um, in that case, it's it will be a pretty exciting weekend for sure, and also like to showcase WXW a bit because I know a lot of the lads here, a lot of the the fans of professional wrestling. They come to, for example, a 16 karat tournament, which of is in two weeks, by the way. Yeah, it's the time of recording. So, but then let's have some German fellows come over here. Uh, just to uh, just witness the beauty of progress wrestling. Like we got to see Maggot come over recently, and Maggot oh, fit in like a, like a. Man. He's awesome. Took it like to took to progress like a oh, Doctor Water. A he's a fan favorite in, yeah. in progress for sure. Yeah, but you what, know so many others right dude, now. Like, 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 that's the beauty of, of those two companies. Two companies, and I'm very proud to be a part of both. But not everybody has the chance to wrestle at WXW. Also, not progress because. Simply, the locker room is full of amazing talents. So you do not want to replace those guys who put their work and effort and, and blood, sweat and tears in just to become a regular part of the roster. So, but now you can mix it up, maybe. It's not saying like something like Innovation Store and whatever, but it's like the thing that you see a different roster, you see yeah. a different card. There are probably some guys who are uh, uh, a regular progress guy on that Little card bit of for fantasy WXW, book in here. but also yeah. what's happening maybe for the Super uh, uh, Strong Star tournament, right? What's happening there? Are there some of the WXW guys in there? Whoa. Because oh, they're already here, he's so spoilers. you know, so no spoilers, but like just you know, <laughs> just give you an, an idea and alteration, maybe just get get you a little bit excited. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. And uh, I've got to ask you then, Damo, just to wrap up this interview. Um, you unfortunately lost your Atlas Gold tonight to young RKJ. RKJ, young break his leg. But um, I should have broke his leg. <laughs> but but like I say, I, I don't know if this is your first taste of RKJ today, but hell of an athlete. I think he's still in his early twenties. Um, been around the scene for a while. Part of the legendary Knight family. What's it like to be in there with a talent like RKJ? Besides the fact you want to break his legs, <laughs> um, but but like I say, an incredible match you upon and I like the dynamics between the two of you, of course. But an incredible talent. No, oh, he, he's he's unbelievable. Listen, I, I wrestled his dad, his uncle. I, I've been on shows with his auntie, his his grandmother, his grandfather. Literally all of them at, at different times in my career. So, of course, the next the next thing is to to wrestle him, RKJ, and I wrestled him a couple of times now and. 
he just he gets better like so we wrestled two years ago um, and I thought you know he's pretty good yeah. you know and, and I, I was like okay that's you know I can see why people you know are getting behind him um, then I wrestled him a couple of weeks ago in Dublin and we tore the roof off the place and I was like okay this kid has just went from being good to being holy shit he's, he's ready to do something special um, and then you saw again tonight that's that's the next level he goes he's able to get that that he's able to reach that other limit you know that, that maybe others can't just yet and which is to be 23 years old he's got the brain of a 35 year old we were talking about this um backstage like he does not talk to us like he's like he's a young man when i was 23 i was a fucking idiot you know what i mean so getting to talk to this fella and, and get to understand him you're like very mature he really knows what he wants from from life from wrestling from everything else and it shows in his work it shows in his his character um, and he brings it listen he's he's incredible what he does and if anybody's gonna I, I said that somebody special would have to beat me would be somebody would have to be very special and maybe rkj is the most special yeah, absolutely. But gentlemen, it's been a pleasure speaking to you for the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, thank you very much. And we really look forward to seeing uh, what uh, sanity can bring to the tag team ranks of progress. Uh, and of course, with Super Strong Style, what you might be able to do individually in 2023. But uh, Axel and Damo, thank you so much. Thank you. Our pleasure. Woo!